0: Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. Well, guys, we're going to jump in to this tonight. Um, so I'm taking you guys on Sunday nights, I'm taking you a little deeper. Uh, I think it's a different demographic than, than what I'm ministering to on a Sunday morning. Uh, I've learned real quick, these are two different churches, uh, different fields, uh, different things that God is wanting to say to the church, and so I want to do a little deeper stuff, and I, I think the audience on Sunday nights is, is good with that, and I think you guys are, are hungry for more. Uh, This morning, I preached on seven things every new believer needs to know, and uh, there was a lot of just practical stuff in there, a lot of practicality. Uh, One of the scriptures I read this morning and talked about was about the milk of the Word, and young believers need milk. If you give them meat, they will choke on it, okay? So, tonight, I'm going to give you uh, meat, and I hope I don't hear anybody choking, (laughs) And uh, somebody will do. Uh oh, <laughs> who was that? Oh, that was you. Were you just being silly? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Luke and Daniel stay on my bad list. I'm just gonna tell y'all. that Between the two of them, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But anyway, uh, somebody give Daniel the Heimlich or something. I don't know. But, but we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna go into some deeper stuff. And on Sunday nights. Uh especially Sunday nights, if I'm talking and teaching on stuff like this, we start in the Word, we stay in the Word, and we finish in the Word. So we start, we stay, and we finish. Now, the demographic on Sunday mornings that I typically preach to, they couldn't handle a lot of that. They, I would lose them. They'd choke on it. Okay? And so because they're still on milk, they need milk. And so tonight, we're going to go a little deeper. Do you have your Bibles? Okay. I may call on different ones to read. I don't know. I'm just going to see how this goes. I know that we're, we're needing audio for the podcast, but we'll figure it out as we go. So uh, I may do that just to save my voice. By the way, we baptized... 40 people, I don't know what the exact number was because we had some that that didn't come because of family and sickness and stuff, but then we added some, so we had some spontaneous baptisms this morning, but I'm telling you, you go baptize that many people, I mean, we're talking 40 people or whatever the number was, it was amazing, and I mean, they just kept coming. Uh, Joey Jones had the water so hot, I felt like I was in a sauna. And when I got out of there, I felt like spaghetti or something. I was just like, "Ah, oh, man!" And Luke's Luke Luke was helping me. Luke was is my son. He was helping me baptize this morning, and he said, "Dad," he said, "I couldn't get my shirt off. <laughs> it was so wet. Like we were just, you know, just wet, and and it was just we were in there a long time. But uh, by the way, was that an hour? We baptized for an, a solid hour. Wow, I'm telling you guys, I." I told Alicia on the way here, I said, I've never seen anything like this. I've just never seen anything like it. Uh, Joey Jones, one of our board guys today, we were talking, and he said, Pastor, he said, I I don't know. I've been to church a long time. I don't think I've ever seen what we're seeing. He said, it's just incredible. Uh, It's revival. It's what we're seeing. We're seeing revival. And uh, we're seeing it here uh, on Sunday nights as well. Do y'all feel the momentum? Like, there's momentum. And I told Alicia before service started, I said, this house is alive. It's breathing. You can feel it. And uh, praise God. You guys got the breath knocked out of you. And God is bringing it back. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting. Uh, God is so good. I just thank him for what he's doing. People say, well, I know you're tired. I'm tired, but guys, this has actually added energy to me. It really has. It really, it's, been, it's been an honor. It has just been awesome. And I, I knew it would be because you guys had some, some fantastic pastors and this is a good church, and uh, I'm honored to be here. Every time I come here, man, I'm telling you, I stand right here. I feel that Brother Danny anointing or something on me. I don't know, but, whoo, man, my mouth moves faster than the words can process. You know, just it's just like, whoa. But there's such an anointing here, and uh, we praise God for that. If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. When we come to church, we need three things. Anybody name them? We need our Bible, highlighter, and something to take notes with. We'll get to 1 Thessalonians 4 in just a moment. Tonight, I want to preach, teach on this subject, the seven raptures of the Bible. Seven raptures of the Bible. We're going to talk about end-time prophecy Next week, we're going to talk about, again, we've already done that once here, but we'll do it some more. We're going to talk about Israel, uh, and we're going to talk about some more about Bible prophecy next weekend. And I hope that you'll be here uh, next Sunday night for that. There has been an all out assault on the rapture of the church. One thing that I hear frequently is there was no rapture doctrine until 1826, and the word rapture is not found in the Bible. Boy, I'm going to rip that one a new one tonight. So y'all just hang with me. I'm going to answer all of that, okay? And I'm going to just talk a bunch about that. I would say the rapture of the church was the only doctrine on this subject for the early church and what they practiced. So they practiced and preached and taught about a rapture of the church. The only thing I can think of of why this is such a polarizing subject is it is part of the deception of the last days. Who would have ever thought the subject of the rapture of the church would be such a polarizing uh, subject and cause controversy? Uh, I compare that to what the enemy has done with subjects like tithing, giving. Um, I would compare that to the Holy Spirit and Acts chapter 2 and Uh, I would compare that to the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and all of those things. There's been such a ploy of the enemy to come into the church to try to steal those things and to rob us of those things, uh, to rob us of power and all of those things. And we're seeing that in the world today. So I think this whole rapture thing, and this thing is amped up in the last so many years. Like There are more people not believing in the rapture than maybe ever before. Uh, and I think that is designed by the enemy. Would y'all agree? That would lead people away from the fundamental truths that keep people motivated to live ready to meet the Lord. So you take that, that thing away, you take a rapture of the church away, there's no motivation. What are we, you know, we're all going through the tribulation. You know, why, why even bother? You know, it's all going to be pain, gloom, despair, despair, and agony on me, right? As the old song says. And so, what they've done is they've watered this down. And guys, this is everywhere. It's all over social media. It's all over, I see it every day. It's all over social media. Uh, The things that people believe now is just incredible. And I'm just amazed at it. Uh, In the church, I'm amazed at it. Um, The rapture of the church motivates us to live godly, and it motivates us to live ready to meet the Lord every day. Is that right? Uh, This is not the text but Matthew 24, 44, I quoted it this morning. But you also be ready for such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. An hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. That is the words of Jesus, not the words of Jason. That's the words of Jesus. And Jesus said that. So First Thessalonians chapter 4, if you're there, say amen. I was going to start in verse 16, but I don't know, I just... Uh, I feel led to start in verse 14. I don't know, maybe this is for somebody. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. We do believe that, right? And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. Do y'all know who that's talking about? Those who have already preceded us and have died. Is that right? So Jesus will bring with Him those who have already passed from this life. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. As one old preacher said, they got a six-foot head start. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. Praise God. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, And the dead in Christ will rise, what? First. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. Everybody say, caught up. Together. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And Paul ends this passage by saying, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I want you to highlight the word caught, or two words, caught up. Everybody say caught up. Why would Paul tell us to encourage one another with these words if we were going through the tribulation? Why would Paul tell us to encourage one another with these words if we were going through the tribulation? I say that because there's no encouragement with that thought process. There's nothing encouraging about us going through the tribulation for all of those who believe we will. There's no encouragement to that. So let's go back to the word rapture in the Bible. People will say, and the argument is, oh man, if you guys knew some of the stuff I heard, (laughs) and you knew some of the arguments and, and things that I've been hit with in ministry, and believe it or not, you'd be shocked but I have been hit with this a lot about this subject. I've had people leave our church because we believe in the rapture of the church. I've had people shake their fingers in my face and tell me there was no such thing as a rapture of the church and that I, if I was going to preach that, they wouldn't be back to our church. Seriously, I've heard, I've heard all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the big argument is, and this is what they will say, They will say the word rapture is not in the Bible. The word rapture is not in the Bible. Fasten your seatbelts, because I'm fixing it to show you it is. Do you think, so here's a question. Do you think the Bible was originally written in English? No. The original manuscripts of the Bible were written in Hebrew and Greek, not English. So it's not an intellectual argument to say the word rapture is not in the Bible. So I had a man one time, the man I was talking about with his finger, put his finger in my face and he said, the word rapture is nowhere in the Bible. And I said to him, (laughs) my wife will tell you I can be pretty sarcastic when I want to be. I said, well, that's interesting. I said, uh, for that matter, the word Bible is not in the Bible, but you have one. Is that right? The word Bible is not in the original manuscript of the Bible. It's on the front page of your cover, but it's not in the Bible. But I need the Bible. How about you? Okay, If you're taking notes, and I think you should, I'm going to go back to that subject, so bear with me. But let's get to the seven raptures of the Bible. Number one, the first rapture. Brother, I'm getting a little ring. Could you help me with that a little bit? Number one, the rapture of Enoch. Everybody say, the rapture of Enoch. So we see rapture all the way back to the book of Genesis. So in the beginning of the Bible, we see rapture. Genesis 5, if we could turn there. Genesis 5, and we will look at... um, verse 21 genesis 5 and let's go to verse 21 when enoch had lived 65 years he became the father of methuselah after he became the father of methuselah enoch walked faithfully faithfully with god 300 years and had other sons and daughters altogether enoch lived a total of 365 years enoch walked faithfully with god and watch this. And he was no more because God took him away. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If You could turn there over in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was taken, he was commanded as one who pleased God. Notice the verbiage here. He did not experience death. I would highlight that. He could not be found because God had taken him away. It was by faith Enoch was taken from this life, so he didn't experience death he disappeared in other words suddenly snatched into heaven while still alive here's the second rapture of the bible go to 2nd kings chapter 2 kings chapter 2 second kings chapter 2 aren't you glad you brought your bible tonight second kings chapter 2 and we're going to start here in verse 11 this is the story of Elijah and Elijah Elijah being the mentor and Elijah being the protege and it says here as they were ta- walking along and talking together suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them and Elijah went up into heaven into a whirlwind verse 12 Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel, and Elijah saw him no more. Everybody say, no more. And then he took a hold of his garments and he tore it in two. He was suddenly taken while still alive. Now let's look at rapture number three in the Bible. Now I'm not going to give you the reference, but I'm not going to turn there. But Isaiah chapter six, verses one through three. Isaiah here talks about what he sees, and he starts describing something. Now, you will not see the words taken up or snatched or any of those things, but many credible scholars and theologians of the Bible call this Isaiah's sudden rapture and mysterious return to earth. So let me say that again. It was many credible theologians believe this was the rapture of Isaiah And Isaiah, in that passage, will describe certain things that he saw. And we believe that he was raptured up into heaven, and he saw things there in heaven. And he describes that in this passage. So it's called the rapture of Isaiah. Fourth rapture, rapture number four, is the rapture of Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And I am going to read this. Acts chapter one and we will start in verse eight this is Jesus but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and after he said this he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Praise God. Thank you for that woo. Was that you, honey? Revelations, let's turn there. Revelations chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Look at verse 5. Revelation chapter 12, verse 5. I'm going to go ahead and read for the sake of time. She gave birth to a son, talking about Mary, a male child who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. And watch this. And her child was snatched up, everybody say snatched up, to God and to his throne. Underline or highlight, he was snatched up. Everybody say snatched up. So let me pause right there and let's talk some more about the word rapture being in the Bible. The New Testament was not written in modern Greek. It, is, it was written in what is called biblical Greek. And the word for rapture or caught up, or snatched, or taken away suddenly, is the word, if you're taking notes, it's the word herpazo. Taken away quickly. This Greek word is found, watch this, 13 times in the New Testament alone. 13 times in the New Testament alone. And it means to be caught up, to be snatched away, or to be taken suddenly. If you're hung up on the word rapture, feel free to use the term caught up or taken up or the word snatched. Either way, it's the same thing. It amazes me the lack of biblical understanding and argument that, again, would shake a finger in your face or a Bible in your face and say that the word rapture is not in the Bible. Oh, really? How about I show it to you seven times? Are you telling me that every language the Bible is translated in, everybody has the same words in English? Think about that. In Latin, in the Latin Bible, herpazo translates rapturo. So in the Latin Bible, rapture is there. Does everybody have to answer to the English translated Bible? You know what, I was thinking about this. Um, I need to do a message on translations of the Bible. We need to talk about that sometimes. We, we need to understand some of the translations, what to look for, all of those things. But we have to know this, that every Bible we read from, you know, the um, things we read, and, and uh, if you study the Bible, I remember studying the Bible when I was really young about how the Bible was printed and all that stuff. But this thing was printed into English. Okay? And so there's words here that don't translate the same. Is everybody with me? Okay. Number five, the fifth rapture of the Bible is the rapture of Philip. Alicia, do you have Acts 8? Can you find Acts 8, 39 through 40, and let me get a drink of water? Acts 8, 39 through 40. What translation are you reading out of Passion. NLT, okay. Let's do it. I I don't remember reading that one in that. Yeah, in that verse. Yeah, Acts eight thirty nine through forty. So again, I like that. Was that New Living? Yeah, New Living. What did it say? Snatched up? Yeah, snatched up. So again, that's the word Herpotso caught up, snatched up, snatched away, taken from one location physically to another. So if you know anything geographically about where Philip was and where he was taken, he was snatched up and he went 30 miles So imagine Pastor Jay is right here preaching to y'all, and I'm teaching you tonight, and all of a sudden, I'm at a pulpit in Magnolia. Like, whoa, how'd I get here? That's exactly what happened to Philip, just like that, snatched away. Can you imagine what Philip was thinking? It's like, good Lord, I was just there, and now I'm here. So we'll talk more about that in a moment, 30 miles away. Rapture number six is the rapture of Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Luke, do you have that? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. What version are you reading out of, bud? Okay, let's hear it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Second Corinthians twelve, one through four. I was what? Caught Caught up. Okay. Keep reading. go to verse four.. So listen to that again. verse four was called up. everybody say called up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. What he's saying there is things that the human mind cannot comprehend, okay? So when Paul talked about, in Thessalonians, about being caught up, he knows exactly what that felt like. All six of these have three commonalities. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, they're literal and not symbolic, as some liberal theologians would like to teach you. Don't misunderstand this. They are literal and not symbolic. Commonality number two, there is... A physical transformation. They're transferred from one place to the other. In every one of these historic raptures, which are documented by history, in every one of these raptures I have described a physical removal from one place to the other, and five of the six that we described tonight and read from was from earth to heaven. Only Philip was different, but he too was physically transferred from one place to another supernaturally it is not only literal but physically transferred from one place to another place the third commonality uh it was suddenly and without warning everybody say suddenly and without warning so i hear all of these people and social media and all this and people kind of describe you know what's the rapture going to feel like and what am I going to feel? Am I going to have warm, fuzzy feelings? And they talk about the rapture, and they almost give you the idea that you're going to have your suitcase, and you're going to be ready to go and, you know, prepared, and you clean the house for the next guy who's not saved, and, you know, and, and, and you're all ready to go, just sitting there waiting. That's not how it's going to happen. What did, we, what did we read in a moment ago in Matthew 24, 44? He cometh in an hour that you think not. What is that going to feel like? It, it, it's literally going it, to, the Bible says it's in a, in a twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen before you can blink. So, so we're up here at church, or we're at, Stephen's out mowing the yard, you know, at church here. He's on his tractor, and his tractor keeps going, and Stephen's gone. And the next thing Stephen knows, he's in heaven. That's all he knows. And by the way, I, I want to say this. Many of you have lost loved ones. Some of you have lost them recently. It, it's the, almost the same thing. They were here, and they're there. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So it's just like, kaboom, I'm there. Snatched, caught. I mean, power of God. I, I, I don't think people understand God's power. And I'll talk more about that maybe here in just a moment. Rapture number seven. I'm sure you guessed it. We read about it in First Thessalonians. Rapture number seven of the Bible is the next one on God's calendar, and it is the rapture of the church. Can I hear an amen? And with all three uh, commonalities, we see the same principle apply with the rapture of the church. It is literal, it is physically transferred, and suddenly without warning. Everyone who is pretending will be left behind, And all of those who are genuinely found in Christ and Christ alone will be taken suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, he said, there is a mystery with this. He said this, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep or die, but we will be changed. Everybody say changed. What is the rapture of the church? The first phase of, of this, of Christ's coming, is the intersection of two events it's the resurrection of dead believers and the transformation of living believers. Does that make sense? John 14, you know this passage very well. I quoted a lot at funerals and gravesides. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Watch these words. I go to prepare a place for, and if I go, I will come again. Everybody say, come again. That where I am, Jesus said, there you may be also. Is that right? Think about that. So that's John 14. Verses 1 through 3, he said, I prepare a place for you. The next time somebody tells you there is no rapture of the, of, uh, rapture in the Bible or rapture of the church, you say you're right, there's seven. Marianne, would you come? I'm done. Come on to the, I'm going to end this tonight. If you'd come to the keyboard. I'm not completely done, but you play and they'll think we're done. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Aren't y'all excited about Jesus? Mm. I want to say tonight there is nothing to be scared of. There is nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I mean, was it here last week we read this about the father? And and if you you evil fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the heavenly father know how to give good gifts to his? God's not going to give you anything that will hurt you. You know, that's what he says. I don't give you a scorpion or a snake. God's not going to do anything that will hurt you. There will be no pain involved in the rapture. No pain at all. You're just going to be here and you're going to be there. And I believe in the rapture of the church. I end like this I caution you, <clears throat> the Bible warns in the last days that the church would be swept away by many. Many winds of doctrine, and I've described some of that tonight, talking about the rapture. People don't want to believe in the rapture because that would mean there was some kind of onus on them to live right and to live ready. They don't want to live right. They don't want to live ready. They don't want to live with the idea that Jesus could come back any moment because they want to live it up. They want to do what they want to do, and so if there's no rapture of the church, then the onus is off of them, you know, he'll just come when he comes and all that kind of stuff. And so, it puts the onus back on us. And there's so many doctrines out there. It's just unbelievable the things that people are teaching and preaching. And the Bible warned us about social media. Did y'all know that? The Bible talks about social media. Who would have ever thought? Selfies. I'm going to show it to you. By the way, I see ministers online, on social media, and I'm like, how do they get anything done for taking pictures of themselves? It's like, dear Lord, I don't want to see you out at the swimming pool with no shirt on. I don't want to see you eating your Pop-Tart every morning. You know, like, I don't need to see that. But people are infatuated with themselves. What did the Bible say? Lovers. Listen to this. Selfies. The Bible says, in the last days, people would be lovers of them selfies. Who would have thought, I had this thought, who would have thought that selfies would fulfill Bible prophecy? But it is. Guys, tonight we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. The Bible is 27% end-time prophecy, and it's never been wrong. It's right 100% of the time. 100% of the time, it's right. And what's left to be fulfilled, he will fulfill it. And I'm telling you tonight, the next thing is the rapture of the church. You say, when's it going to happen? Jesus said, when this gospel has been preached to the whole world, that's when it's going to happen. Well, guess what? The gospel's being preached. It's at your fingertips. You can hear as much preaching as you want to hear. I mean, it's out there, buddy. So the gospel is all over the world. And it's happening. I'm not saying that everybody's heard. I'm not saying all of that. But I'm saying it's out there. If you want it, it's out there. And it's being told. And Jesus is coming again. Can I hear a big amen? Hallelujah. Father, God, give us souls. Here at Cornerstone Church, God, give us souls. Here in Smackover, Lord, give us souls. Norfolk, Mount Holly, God, all the surrounding areas. Lord, let us even reach out into Washtenaw County. That, God, we would get souls. That people would get ready for your coming. Because, Jesus, You're coming. You're coming. And I think a lot of people are going to be shocked. People are not ready. Lord, help us be those people to help people get ready for your coming. Jesus is getting ready to pull a remnant out of the earth. And I want to be part of that remnant. How about you guys? So I heard this story. I thought it was good. Uh, I heard this a long time ago. Uh, There was an old preacher. His parents had passed, and he was finishing up the the home place where his parents lived, and was going to sell the place, and and the place had been vacant for quite some time. It was out in the country, and uh, he was trying to go around the house and fix some things, some light-duty kind of maintenance stuff, and he needed some screws, and he needed some hardware. And he remembered that his dad used to keep a box of miscellaneous screws and hardware in a box. And he was like, where's that box? And he looked all over the house for his dad's miscellaneous screw pile and so forth and so on. And so somebody, one of his siblings or someone, had put some stuff through the years up in the attic. And so he... Crawled up in the attic and there was all these boxes and he recognized the box that had the hardware and as he approached the box and started looking into the box he realized now this house had been vacant for quite some time and he realized that 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 rats had gotten into that box and there was all kinds of feces and just it was gross and, it, and he was like you know i don't want to you know, he was out in the country. He didn't want to drive into town to get all this miscellaneous screws and stuff. And he's like, they're in this box. I know they're in this box. And he didn't, he didn't have gloves or anything. He didn't want to put his hands down in there. But he remembered he had a magnet in his truck. And he went and grabbed his magnet and he went up in the attic and he put that magnet over the top of that box and started doing this. And when he did, all those screws and hardware came to the top of the box and it was on the end of his magnet and he said this that's the rapture of the church all the junk all the you know what is going to be left but he pulled all the good stuff to the top think about that one day those eastern skies are going to part And the biggest magnet you've ever seen is fixing to go, and we're out of here. Jesus is coming for us. Come on, stand to your feet, guys. Come on. Let's worship him tonight. Father, we praise you. We worship you. God, you're so good. God, you are so good. God, give us souls. Lord, let people cross our path that need to hear the message that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming in a moment that we think not. He's coming. Lord, I want to live ready to meet you. I want to live every day aware that today could be the day. Lord, when I get out of bed and put my feet on the ground every day, Lord, let me say, Today, is it today, Lord? Is it today? Let me always be mindful. That you could come at any moment, any day, any time. And let me remind you today, audience, congregation tonight, those listening online, you say, well, that scares me a little bit. There's nothing to be scared of. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, there's nothing to be scared of. You say, well, I want to get married and I want to do all these things. Listen, whatever you give up here, God will multiply it there. And it's better than anything you could ever possibly imagine. Eye hasn't seen, Paul said, ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered the hearts of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that there is a hope, that we have hope and assurance. And I thank you tonight for what you're doing. God, if there are those listening to my voice by way of internet, online, God, if there's someone who is not saved, who is not ready to meet you, that tonight they would find you or whatever time they're listening to this podcast. That, God, they would find you and they would repent and make you their Lord and Savior. So tonight, congregation with me in the room, I want you to pray this prayer so the microphone will pick it up and those online can pray this prayer with us. If you're not ready to meet the Lord and you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to be ready for that rapture that I talked about tonight, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus... Come on, everybody say it aloud. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent. I confess my sins. I now proclaim that you're my Lord and Savior. I believe you died. I believe you rose again. And I believe you're coming again for me. And with these words, (laughs) with these words, I am saved. I am ready to meet the Lord. Would you give those a hand clap? Come on, give them a hand clap right now. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.